Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. Everybody, good morning. Wake up, wake up, wake up. <laughs> good morning, everyone. On this Saturday morning, I know some of you wanted to stay sleeping a little bit later, but that's why we do the podcast at 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, so you have enough time to rest. And then for those of you who are on a different timeline, if you're on the East Coast or in an, uh, you know, out of the United States, you have a different time too. For some of you, it's nighttime. For some of you, it's real early in the morning. Some, for some of you, it's in the afternoon. So I'm um, so glad you're joining me again today. And thank you so much for tuning in. We are very grateful for our supporters who follow us here on the um, podcast And uh, before we get into the word, I just want to encourage you to please spread the word about the Word of God podcast. Uh, We have been notified already that if we do not meet at least having 100 followers (laughs) or people who at least, you know, are tuning in to the podcast, they subscribe to the podcast. And as you know, the podcast is... is, uh, you, you, it's really free, the podcast. Uh, you know, we ask for um, donations, but, you know, we're not really uh, concerned with money. We're more concerned about spreading the word of God. So if you can spread the word to your friends, that would be greatly appreciated. They can always go to anchor.fm backslash word of God. So my friends, as we are going to continue diving into the Word of God in the book of Hosea, we've been doing this for several weeks already, and we've been diving deep, right? Because this is a very um, detailed, uh, complicated, um, deep-rooted uh, details, just to put it to you that way. Of everything that was happening at the time of Hosea and how we can apply it to our lives today. So, my friends, I know some of this has been hard to hear, and some of this has been like, what? That really happened? And I'm here to tell you, yes, it really happened. At the same time it happened at back in the day of Hosea, it's kind of happening to us today, too. We've got to look at some of the things that are discussed in the book of Hosea, what was happening at the time with the with the children of Israel, with the tribe of Joseph, with the tribe of Ephraim, like everything that had transpired with those generations, where they were at the time of Hosea, what they were doing, what they were caught up with, and what they had walked away. So we're going to continue where we left off in chapter 9 of the book of Hosea. We're going to pick it up. In verse 6, and if you have not read the book of Hosea yet, I recommend you go back, reread all the chapters, so you would understand why God's heart was so um, burdened, but at the same time, 
placed Hosea as the messenger to bring forth information to the community because of everything that was happening. So my friends, this is what it says in the book of Hosea chapter 9, starting in verse 6. It says, For indeed they are gone because of destruction. Egypt shall gather them up. Memphis shall bury them. Nettles shall possess their values of silver. Thorns shall be in their tents. The days of punishment have come. The days of recompense have come. Israel knows. The prophet is a fool. The spiritual man is insane. Because of the greatness of your iniquity and great enmity. The watchman of Ephraim is with you, my God. But the prophet is a fowler snare in all his ways. Enmity in the house of his God. They are deeply corrupted. As in the day of Gibeah, he will remember their iniquity. He will punish their sins. Father, we thank you so much for your word because we know that your word gives us the true facts of what was happening during this time of Hosea. We thank you because you make it so clear what transpired during this time, what took place, that the details that we can read and understand, we can pick out and notice some of the things that we're dealing with today in our lives in 2023. So we thank you so much for your word. Amen. So my friends, you know, when we did the beginning of chapter 9 last week, we had discussed how the children of Israel were sinning, how judgment was being placed on their house. And we spoke about how your temporary enjoyment with the sin that you're committing might look good to you and others in the moment of anything that you're doing, gaining, accessing, acquiring, you know, being successful in, but that's temporary. That is not permanent because eventually what happens is the sin gets exposed. The sin gets a leak, right? And, um, and what happens is that because that people start to understand that what they thought they had for a lifetime or for eternity stops in their tracks. Uh, a realization comes to mind of, hey, I thought this was going to be the positive thing that I had done that I thought was good, even though it was out of God's alignment. Um, but it seems so promising, right? Well, it, it wasn't, and it isn't. And then we talk about how now because of that, those choices that were made, the sin that was committed, now they get back to captivity or some type of oppression or some type of indebtedness to someone else or something because the blessings that they had from their Heavenly Father, that their Heavenly Father had delivered them from, they went ahead and they, um, they dismissed it. They um, walked away from it. They took it for granted. And 
even God at that point starts to tell his children, enough is enough. I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. And I will allow you to face the consequences. So as we start to read here, after we have been told that the sins they were committing was so crucial, so um, so normalized that God was saying, but what you are making so many sacrifices that of to other gods from the things I've blessed you with that now whatever you try to bring to me as an offering, I'm not going to accept it because what you're bringing me is not what I've blessed you with. What you're bringing me is something you've gotten from doing something with someone else, uh, following other gods, making sacrifices that were not of my doing or my instruction to you. And then the Lord just says, I cannot accept your offering. Your offering is not genuine. Your offering is just um, just to show face. Your offering is just to look good, you know, to think that you could just get by. Well, our Heavenly Father does not operate like that, my friends. Our Heavenly Father is a Heavenly Father who loves us so much. He embraces us. He blesses us. He guides us. He protects us. He's the one who provides our provision. And everything that he does for us, my friends, cannot be taken for granted. And we can't think we're just going to, you know, fool God. God is not a sucker. (laughs) God is not a dumb God. God is a very powerful, very intelligent, very wise and um, a supernatural God that sees through everything. He sees our hearts. He sees how we think. He sees how we speak, how we walk, how we talk. He just knows everything about us. He knows all of our intentions. So when we are reminded of that, what we read last week, and now we continue to read, and it starts to say, for indeed they are gone because of destruction, Egypt shall gather them up, Memphis shall bury them, Nettles shall possess their valuables of silver, thorns shall be in their tents. Meaning at this point now, they're going to be utterly destroyed. Everything is going to be abolished. They're not going to have anything left over. They're going to be subjected right back to the same people that God had delivered them from. He will allow you to go through a deep, deep um, underground hole if you have placed yourself there and you have not repented and you have not walked away from the sin. Our Heavenly Father is a Father who loves us and the same way that He would destroy the enemy to deliver us, he He would also destroy us because we've gone back to have bread and hang out and be chilling out and and doing things with the enemy that he delivered us from. Many of us are suffering with situations where God has delivered us for something so critical and he set you on the right path that he wants you to be on 
And then you take it upon yourself to go back and revisit your past. Because now you, you want to re-engage, but you're still weak. You're still not fully in the place that you're supposed to be. To know how to walk away from the temptation. You're still finding yourself like... You're doubting maybe even the choice you made to follow God. To give your life over to Christ. But there are many people who know exactly what the road is for them when they've been delivered for many, many years. And God has set them in a place of blessing, in a place of stature, in a place on a pedestal. And those individuals still decide to take it upon themselves to go about and do what they were not supposed to be doing after they'd already been delivered 5, 10, 15, 20 years, 30 years after. Because whatever they saw in front of them, they felt was a good thing. That they could go back to it and not have an issue again with it. They can outbeat the odds. But my friends, we have to be very careful when we're being lured back by the enemy, when we're being lured back by the temptation, when we're being lured back by everything that was destroying our lives and we were looking for a major breakthrough, we were looking for a way out and God came in and intervened in our lives and took us from that misery to a better place. But then we take it upon ourselves that we think we're okay now, which we should be after God delivers us and sets us on the right path and gives us new perspective, new understanding, new vision, new mission, the whole nine yards. You cannot just go back nonchalantly and think it's going to be okay. You're going to get caught up all over again. And in getting caught up again, what happens? Things start to destroy you. That enemy will even come 10 times harder than what they did before. So because the children of Israel were doing this, they were commingling with other nations that God has specifically told them not to commingle with. They had started to do sins, sexual immorality. I mean, you name it, sacrifices. They were sacrificing humans, guys. Come on, like, you know, we have to look at this and say, you know, What were they doing at this time? Why did they so easily get swayed? You know why? Because people start to doubt God. They want more than what they have. They're not satisfied with what they have. They become greedy. You know, they just want um, triple and quadruple of everything. And if we look at this, we can apply it to our lives. And you're like, well, how's that possible, Antonia? Because today we're living in a day and age that we're not satisfied with having just one cup of coffee in the morning. We have to have like seven cups of coffee a day. And we have to consume that caffeine because we believe that that caffeine is what keeps us going. That caffeine is what keeps us alive. That caffeine is what keeps us awake. But little did we know that if we just drank the one cup of coffee that we needed, which I don't really drink that much coffee anymore. I really don't. Um, I think I drank coffee a couple of weeks ago when a friend of mine came over. 
But most of the time I drink tea. I just brew my own natural tea. And that's it. Like, I'll have two to three cups of green tea because green tea is very healthy for you. And and if you get the even more natural tea, um, if there is caffeine in it, it's natural caffeine. It's not caffeine that is added by a chemical lab or, you know, anything like that. So what happens? People are also indulging in wanting to have more than what they need. You know, there are times that I look around my home and I was like, and I'm like, do I really need two of these? Should I give this to someone who needs it? Right? Um, You know, I get it. Sometimes ladies, ladies, we might see a sale and we're like, oh, wow. You know, that shoe's only $9.99. Well, maybe I should get two of them. I'll get two different colors, right? But if you now go and say, okay, because one is for the wintertime maybe color and maybe one's for the springtime color, summertime, whatever, that's different. You're going to have two pairs of shoes to hold you over for the seasons. But if you come out and you say, oh, give me 10 of those black ones, I'm going to take it home. Oh, why is that? I get it. Like, you know, you're with the hopes that, you know, if it breaks, you'll have another one. You know, like like the Seinfeld, you know, episode where his brother was like, oh, don't worry about my suit. I got another one just like it at home, right? Come on. We have to look at this. We have to look at the sin that was being committed at this time. People are getting greedy. We're getting, we're becoming a society that's very greedy. And a society that's very gluttonous. We are always like just eating, indulging beyond. I mean, we're stuffing our faces all the time. I'm not saying we're not supposed to eat, my friends. We're supposed to eat to survive. We need nourishment for our bodies. But we have to start looking at how we spend and buy things. And how many of things do we get? Are we satisfied? We should be so satisfied with simple things in life that help us live everyday life. But many people are never satisfied. They just want more and more and more. Now, I'm not saying that, I'm not sitting here going, well, you know, if God blesses you, don't take the blessing. That's not what I'm saying because God has blessed me in so many ways abundantly. What I mean by that is don't hoard it. Don't, you know, don't keep it locked up in the storage for 10 years. Share it with people. If God has given you an abundance of a blessing, share it with other people. Okay? If he has given you an overflow, share it with other people. There's nothing wrong with having things. It's when you want to have things out of greed. You want to have things because you just feel you got it like that and you just, it's yours. You know, like we need to think about how God wants us to live our lives. He wants us to live our lives very humble. He, he wants us to live our lives very simple, but he wants to bless us. Yes. Does he want to supply us with the everyday necessities of life? Absolutely. But when he started to see that his children back here in the time of Hosea were not satisfied with what he had already given them, delivered them from, blessed them with, and they went hanging out and doing things they weren't supposed to with another nation and even other false gods that they were worshiping, God was like, I am so sorry. Something's not right here and you can't continue to do this. So I will allow this to happen to you.
And when he talks about that they're going to fall right back into captivity from what he delivered them from, he wasn't lying. He was speaking truthfully. He was like, okay, you want to go back there? You want to go back to the addiction? You want to go back to being an alcoholic? You want to go back to being a drug dealer? You want to go back to be a pornography type of guy? You want to go back into human trafficking? You want to continue to work for the cartel? You want to continue to do all this stuff? And I can go down a long list that I delivered you from, that I gave you a new beginning from. You want to go right back to it and you want to entertain it? And you want to still be a part of it again? Why? When God has done such a miracle in your life. So then at that point, God says, okay, I'm going to let you have it. Go ahead. Go have it. And they're going to consume you and you're going to go right back into captivity. You're going to go right back into being oppressed and depressed. And then it says here, the days of punishment have come. The days of recompense have come. Israel knows. Right? So the days of punishment have come, meaning it's come to a point now where everything that has happened and transpired, punishment. God is a loving God, but he also punishes us. He's such a good, good daddy. Just like a natural human parent who loves their children so much, but they will punish you if you've done the wrong thing, if you disobey them, if you did not follow their rules, their instructions, if you did your own thing or got involved with things they told you not to do, they will punish you. They'll take away your phone, (laughs) your cell phone. They'll take away your TV, maybe. They'll take away you to play that console game that you have. They'll take away hanging out with your friends or going to events at school. They'll take away and they'll punish you, right? And those are simple punishments, right? In this situation, God is like, I'm going to punish you, like really punish you. Because I've done everything in my power and I've done everything I can and I've warned you over and over and over again. I kept reaching out to you, but you would not listen. I kept trying to show you things, but you would not pay attention and not look at it. I was trying to give you all the warning signs and you dismissed them. You know, God is here to say, so the days of punishment have come. The days of recompense have come. Israel knows. Meaning everybody knows about it. This is the moment of realization (laughs) that people are like, man, we're now suffering the consequences of the things that we have done. And it says here, the prophet is a fool. The spiritual man is insane. Right? Because look, at the time of Hosea, Hosea was delivering messages to the community. And what was happening was because Israel was experiencing the consequences of its sin, it was no longer listening to the the prophets, the messengers of God. They felt like, well, you know what? Even though you're telling us punishment is coming, even though you're telling us, you know, we need to recompense, we should, you know, turn back from our wicked ways, we should uh, ask God for forgiveness. Nobody was listening to them. Why? Because they were in their own world. They felt, oh, that prophet doesn't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're doing. That's not going to happen. And how can we apply this to our lives today? Very 
simple. We can apply it this way. Right now, we are hearing messages. Whether you go to Facebook, whether you go on the TV, whether you go on, you know, whatever social media site you're a part of, you know, hear it on the news, radio, whatever. We're starting to hear messages of warning signs for this country. Specific detailed warning signs. We're hearing it from prophets. We're hearing it from pastors. We're hearing it from political, some political leaders, believe it or not. We are hearing it from some scientists. We're hearing it from doctors. We're hearing it from people that are experiencing a, re a revelation of some sort, an intuition of some sort. Um, uh, um, uh, a real, uh, um, a discernment of some sort that is being downloaded into their brains, their minds, their spirit, their souls. And they're sharing this with people and they're giving warning signs and they're saying, Hey guys, this is happening over here. If it happened over there, it could possibly happen over here. I'll give you an example. Let's take a look at Canada. Now, I've never been to Canada. But have you guys been following what's been happening in Canada? Just because I'm in California, and you might be somewhere else, like in New York, Atlanta, you might be in another country, whatever, who's listening, where something starts doing specific things that are out of ordinary that seem like it's not good different weird unacceptable disgraceful we need to start questioning why is that place doing what they're doing so if that place is doing martial law if that place is um, arresting anyone who speaks out because they um, are standing up for the right of the good, right? Um, if they are uh, making policies and changes and rules that are like crazy, we look at them and we can just be like, oh, that's just them. It's not happening to us. But we have people right now warning us about these things. And a lot of us are dismissing it. It's like what that happened at the time of Hosea. The prophet was coming forward and talking to the community, talking to the people and saying, Hey guys, what you're doing is not good. You need to turn away from your wicked ways. Your sin is going to destroy you. God will, you'll face punishment. You'll face some type of um, backlash. You will, this will backfire on you. I'm telling you, you got to walk away from it. You have to turn your life back to God. The people at the time were like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. Ah, oh, you're crazy. It's a conspiracy what you're telling us, <laughs> right? All this stuff. And then what happens? Boom, the bomb goes off, literally. And what happens? Things start to happen that were from the warning. 
But in the time of Hosea, he they were like, This is this guy's a fool. He doesn't, these prophets don't know what they're talking about. They're insane. Don't listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about. That was their attitude. Because of the greatness of your iniquity and great enmity. This is what the prophet was saying. He was saying, Hey, you are going to face such a punishment because of the iniquity, because of your sin, because of the things you've done, the sacrifices you made unto other gods, that, you know, things that you did on your own that God didn't even tell you to do, you know, everything that you have destroyed upon you, that you have disgraced, that you have brought down, even within your own family, around you, your coworkers, your friends, you're going to face consequences. Punishment is coming. It's not, you're not going to get away with it. Something's going to happen. But they weren't paying attention. They didn't care to what anybody was saying or warning them about. You know, that's like if you say to somebody, you know, um, hey, stop drinking that entire liquor bottle of vodka because you may die. And they're like, don't tell me how to drink. I know how to handle this. Next thing you know, they're in the hospital, they have a failed liver, a failed kidney, and they're dying. And unless they get a donor to do a transplant for one of those organs, they're going to be dead. Hey, y'all know I talk real real on this, on this podcast. You know, those who follow me and, and listen to the podcast every week, they know we're going to discuss God's word. We're going to discuss it deep. Are you by any chance getting any warning signs lately from anything or anyone? Are you listening or at least thinking about what they're saying? Listen, we've been told for several, like about two years now, a year and a half now I would say, that we might go into a food shortage. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I know you might go into into the supermarket and be like, oh, all, all the shelves are full right now here in Tania. Everything is good here. Yeah, but have you seen the prices of the food? When was the last time you went food shopping? How how much was the bill? It must have been either double or triple. Ain't no doubt about that. So here, as everyone was like ignoring the messenger who was bringing forth the word, we can apply this to our lives today cuz today we're getting messages from political administration we're getting information from our governors we're getting information from mayors we're getting information from you know local local organizations we're getting information given to us that sometimes we totally dismiss what the person even said whether it's the warning sign that's coming of the person who's really looking out for you and saying hey watch your back because this is about to happen or the person who's the intentional person who's going to stab you in the back. They're bringing a message forward very clear and precise. And we're not reading between the lines. That's the problem. And we, and we accept every lie we hear. We accept everything that's just put as supposed proof in front of us. No. The Spirit will confirm a word from a prophet, someone who's a messenger. And in the natural, when people start to say things and do things and you see things, you have to say to yourself, okay, is this 
is this for real or this fake? And then if you get the discernment from the Holy Spirit, that's all we need to have the Holy Spirit, even though we're operating in the flesh. As human beings, we're in the flesh. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us, to tell us, yes, what you just heard is correct. Prepare yourself. What you just heard is correct. Put your house in order. What you just heard is correct. Don't go buy that new car that you thought you were going to buy. Save that money because you're going to need it tomorrow. Because something heavy is about to happen. Listen, when we start to get warning signs, we need to pay attention. And we need to rely on the Holy Spirit to confirm it for us. Okay? And then it says here, The watchman of Ephraim is with you, my God. But the prophet is a fowler's snare in all his ways. Enmity in the house of God. You know, according to the children at this time, they were pretty much um, just looking at the at the prophet like they were nothing. Looking at the prophet like they didn't really have any authority anymore. Now, here's the thing. When God assigned prophets to communicate with the community, to communicate with his people, he was literally just a messenger. He wasn't someone who was trying to rule over them. He wasn't, he or she was not someone who was trying to, you know, um, to uh, ruin their lives, uh, you know, anything like that. Um, He was a messenger bringing forth the word that God would give him or her so that they can go ahead and warn the people, give the people a heads up, right? Let the people know what was going on. Um, And here's the thing. When the prophet at that point, because people detest the prophet, the person who's bringing the message, you know, the person who's bringing the warning, the person, the person who's bringing the revelation that they may have just experienced. When people start to dismiss and detest the person, it's just like if they're detesting God. There are many people right now who have walked away from Christianity, being a Christian, and are detesting God now. They're detesting Jesus Christ. They're detesting and questioning, you know, why were they even following this particular religion of Christianity? Because they don't want to give up their lifestyles. Because they don't want to give up the greed that's still contained in their hearts. They don't want to give up the sin. They don't want to do the sacrifice of giving up the sin. And they don't want to accept the full freedom that they could possibly receive in giving up the sin. Because they ultimately think and feel that the sin is the freedom We have all been given a will. You know, we have, um, we have been given choices. We have been given the opportunity to choose between good and evil. We've been given the choices to choose between following God or not following God. All of us have choices in life. And no one forces you to do anything. 
if you have already given your life over to the Lord, it was because some type of conviction took place in your life. It's because a reveal was given to you in the spirit. And you said to yourself, I must lead now my life this way. I must give my life over to Christ and have him be controller and ruler over my life. Because he's going to guide me in the right way. He's going to put me on the right path. And if you found yourself that now you've turned away, you're backslidden, you are doubting God in the areas of your life, you have an issue with him because now you feel he's not acting quick enough for you since we operate in a microwave society these days. I'm here to tell you, my friend, that you should go and speak with someone about this in your church. Speak to a pastor, speak to a priest, speak to a minister, speak to someone, a brother or sister in Christ who can sit down with you and read the word with you. Because the tactics of the enemy are running rampant in this country. Getting into the minds, into the hearts, um, and, and the emotions of many, many people. And people are starting to sway away from the faith they had in their Heavenly Father. And we have to always remember that we walk by faith and not by sight. So even when something seems chaotic, out of your control, and you think it's not good, but it, God is protecting you from it, that is just so you are aware of what's happening. And many people find themselves that they are willing to walk away from it all when all hell breaks loose, okay? And they don't know how to control themselves. They don't know how to sit down and be still and wait on the Lord. They don't know how to rely on our Heavenly Father to give them guidance. There are so they panic. They walk away. They're, they become anxious. And all these things in the Bible tell us we're not to be anxious for anything. We're not supposed to panic. You know, we're supposed to have a stillness and a calmness in the Lord. When you have a great relationship with your Heavenly Father, when you are following Him, when you are speaking to him every day, when you're praying, when you're meditating on his word, when you're really listening to him and waiting for guidance, he will protect you. He will give you a sound mind. For he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. And you have to truly believe that. When we stop believing what God ultimately has done for us and what he can continue to do for us, and we start to put our faith or our belief in other systems, other things that are not of God, that's where we will fail, my friends. That's where we will fail. And mostly because of the fact also that we start to dismiss, you know, what others might be warning us about. And today, this happens all the time. You know, you have people that have come to you and, and, and want to have a conversation with you and give you a word and say, Hey, 
Have you noticed this is happening to you? I've noticed this, you know, uh, have you thought? And people don't want to listen. They don't want to hear anybody. It's going to be their way or the highway. And a lot of times when people are speaking to other people to help them or guide them or, or help, or just be an advocate for them however they can. They come with a loving heart. But the person doesn't see it that way. They see it more like, oh, you're intruding in my life. It's none of your business. Don't talk to me about what I'm doing, even though it's destroying me. I'm okay with it. And it's hard sometimes as Christians to see our loved ones falling apart. It's hard sometimes to see our neighbors falling apart. It's hard sometimes for us to see our coworkers falling apart, our spouses falling apart. But God says, do not give up on them. Continue to pray for them. Continue to speak on their behalf, life. And it says here, they are deeply corrupted as in the days of Gibeah. He will remember their iniquity and he will punish their sins. God is not playing. He's not playing around. He's not joking around either. This isn't a joke. This isn't like, I'm just going to give you a pat on your hand. Bad little girl, bad little boy. Bad little grown-up man, bad little grown-up girl, woman. He's not going to do that. He's going to be like, no, this is going to get real. And punishment is coming. And you're going to have to face some consequences. And I skipped the part that I want to talk about because in verse 6, at the bottom, after they said that they would bury them, after they would give them back, nettles shall possess their valuables of silver, thorns shall be in their tents. Listen, once you walk away from everything that God has given you, from everything he's blessed you with, from the deliverance of your sin that you had before, that he's placed you in a straight and narrow road. When he has given you a new life, a new purpose, and you walk away from that all over again, and you go back to the sin, everything that you've possessed, especially when it references here about valuables of silver, back in the day of Hosea, silver, silver was a very... Um, luxurious and elitist thing to have that meant you were considered rich you were considered very well off you were in a certain class of individuals that were grounded like you had your stuff in order and because of that it will be taken it was it was it will be taken away it was taken away so back in the time of Hosea they lost all those possessions because God allowed other people to come in and infiltrate them, to come and invade them, to come and take them over, to have them come captive, captives again. Like, And the, what did those people do? They stole their goods. They took their livelihoods. They took their gold, their silver, whatever they had. And then what shall be now in their tents? Thorns. Nothing. But just the stuff that can, because a thorn, think of a thorn on a rose. When you go to grab a rose and it has a thorn, it, it pricks you, right? You're like, oh, 
and even blood might come out because it hit you so hard in your finger. Well, that's what that's what it says here. They're not gonna have much, and whatever they are gonna have, it's not gonna be well with what they're gonna have left over. My friends, this is the word of God. This word is alive. This word is truth. This word gives us an understanding of what was happening at the time of Hosea. And we can apply it to our lives today. Many people are getting so caught up in the sin, they're starting to lose everything in their lives. They're losing their spouses. They're getting divorces because, you know, the the relationship went down, down the drain. They're losing their children. Children have become rebellious towards them. They've become rebellious towards their children. You know, people are walking out of their homes, leaving their homes. They're being abandoned. You know, they're abandoning people. You know, you're losing your livelihood of your home. You know, everything is being affected in your life these days. We are now starting to see that many of the people who we thought were very successful and people who we thought were on top of the world have actually fallen and crumbled. And we're all asking ourselves, how did that happen? Well, it happened because somewhere along the way of the journey, sin was committed. Wrongdoing was committed. Deceive was committed. Something happened where the person just got their head really swollen. And then at this point now, they're like, I'm the king of my own hill. I'm my own God. And things start to happen to them and they start to crumble and things happen. And they happen very quickly. I could sit here and give you many examples of all the people right now that we could look at that are, that things have happened. Because of their way of just continuing to entertain the sin, even when they know it's wrong. Even though when they know it goes against God's word. Even when they know it goes against his commandments. But they continue to do it. Because they don't care. They only care about themselves. Well, in caring just about yourself and being selfish and thinking you're the king of the hill or the queen of the hill. Well, sometimes you end up stumbling, being taken off the throne and now going back to being a pauper. And this word to us today is so clear of what was being relayed and how people were reacting to it. So my friends, I don't know about you, but I've been very blessed by this word because this word should give me a wake-up call to have me on alert, making sure I'm doing the right thing. And that if I'm caught up in a moment that I'm doing the wrong thing, gives me an opportunity to turn back and stop doing it. (laughs) Gives me an opportunity to go run right back to God and say, God, forgive me for I have sinned and confess it and get right to deliverance with God. So he can get you right back on the right track. My friends, look, God loves us. He wants us to have healthy lives. He wants us to have a spiritual healthy life. He wants us that while we're part of this earth and living here, that he can bless us and give us the provisions that we need to get from day to day. And he also wants us to serve a purpose on this earth. We're not just hanging out, being here, 
eating the cookies at home, like I would say. We are supposed to be proactive. How can you help your family? How can you help your loved ones? How can you help your neighbors? How can you help people at work? How can you help other people that come into your life? Strangers, you get it. You know, like, how can you be a beacon of light to other people? How can you help other people? How can you spread the good news about Christ to other people? God has given us a purpose. He's given us all gifts and talents. We cannot let them go to waste. We need to utilize them. So my friend, I will leave it at that. I hope you continue to enjoy your weekend. And I look forward to sharing the word of God with you again next week. Where we will rise and shine like we always do, right? On Saturdays to find out what our purpose is. I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the word of God. The word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.